0: And then it gives me great pleasure to introduce our guest speaker, uh, someone who I had a very enjoyable week with in Asilomar, and it is Dr. Patrick Cameron. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you, Reverend Connie, that beautiful introduction. We did have a great week at Asilomar. How can you not have a great week at Asilomar? So, all right. Here we are. What a beautiful day, huh? What a gorgeous day. That the Lord hath made. The law hath made, and I rejoice in it with you. And it is a season of festivals here in Edmonton. As was this, is this this morning with the music? Oh, man. Whew. Love, love, love. Oh. One of my favorite things in my lifetime is to be able to stand here with you and and sing this song and and say this prayer and for me it's that opening it helps create an opening uh space not just for me but for all of us to enter it's it's a it's a, an allowing and a putting down and so with that in mind i just invite you to sing this song with me as we as we open this space if you feel free to stand please know that that's perfect In this very room There's quite enough love For all the world And in this very room There's quite enough joy For all the world And there's quite enough love And quite enough power To walk through our every fear For Spirit One Spirit Is in this very room In this very room, in this very room, what I invite you to know with me in this moment is there is one life, in God's life, and that life is perfect and precious and wonderful. And I claim that life as my own in this moment. And in the I am as I speak these words, we are all one in this. So my I am is inclusive of every consciousness within the sound of these words. This I am. I am one with that which is. I am that I am. And so in the recognition and the unification of oneness i know that every good thing that is necessary for the this moment and each moment hereafter that unfolds to be perfect in every good way is my knowing i stand in the joy and the freedom the absolute freedom and love and grace and beauty and celebration and the freedom there is nothing like living a life in freedom and joy and saying bring it on and loving it all, I just give thanks for this day I give thanks for this moment I give thanks for these beautiful musicians for this beautiful community that celebrates with festivals when the light is out and comes alive in a whole new way i'm beautiful I'm grateful for the darkness as well that helps creates such great appreciation for the light not just in our not just in our environment but within my own being the darkness and the things that have have, have percolated within me that have forced me to put down and surrender the things that no longer serve and so that I may step into life in a more brilliant and wonderful way I celebrate that and I give thanks and I know and I recognize as my brothers and sisters on this planet that has been your journey and continues to be so we stand together in the faith and the knowing and the the ability to support and love ourselves in a deep and abiding way so that we are we are the change that we wish to see in the world and we are making a difference in this moment and this is my knowing about myself. This is my knowing about you. And I'm so grateful to be part of that tribe and to stand with you in love. For this I give thanks, and together we say, and so it is. Yeah. da 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 I just want to keep singing that song with Karen, man. Two times around. I think we should do a third service today. You just... You keep going. All right, so... I got a lot of really fun stuff. Where are you guys going? Oh, okay, go ahead. They're going down to have fun. We'll miss you. All right. Um, talking today about the great law of life. The great law of life is just so wonderful because it's one of the cores of what we stand for as a community, as a metaphysical teaching. So I wanted to talk about this and where it comes from. What, is, what inspired me is that um, one of the things I know is that in order for us to live this life well, and what most people don't have, this is my experience, so I'm going to just speak from my experience. Most people don't have an insight or an awareness about their experiences of life. Most people don't have a clue and don't even know that, that, that that's possible because they're in the inundated and, they're, and they're, just, they're just subjected to so many things that, that create pain and suffering and anxiety and fear and discord and all these things. And it feels, and it, it's, it's a consciousness of victim. And I want to talk about that so much because the great law of life is a way. Our pathway is a way into a a new insight into our experiences of life. And we we have that opportunity. Each and every time we get together, we have that opportunity to to find new insights and new awarenesses wherever we are on the path to our experience in life. And what Marcia Sutton and Lloyd Strom have done and and, and that I've immersed myself in uh, over the last year um, is that they've taken Dr. Holmes' work and for the last 25 years, they've really gone deeply with it. And that's what inspired our doing the co-creation of the Sacred Healing Circles. And it's part of it. And the other leg of it I want to share with you today is some of the insights. As I've been doing a lot of reading, and, and Laura and I have been doing some work with the Greg Bear work, which is uh, Real Love. And he's got a w- bunch of wonderful books. And, and we're, you're going to know more about that because I'm going to keep this alive. And this, is, this week, is so, I have so much information I know that I can't share it all with you today, but I want to keep it as, as succinct as possible. But I want to touch on some things about the great law of life. And the, and the great law of life is very simple. It says it in Matthew From scripture, as you believe, so be it done unto you. As you believe, so be it done unto you. In other words, we receive what we believe in contemporary language. And there's five fruitful questions to ask that that Marcia and Lloyd have fleshed out. And I'm going to share them briefly with you to set up some ideas I want to share. But number one, we all have to ask, because many people would, would disagree with this first one, is the great law really true? Is the great law really true is it done unto me as i believe because there's a lot of stuff that happens to people that no one would ask for so is it true and it's a good question to start and i'm not saying yes or no but it's the first question to ask is this true number two what is belief i mean what does it mean to believe dr Lloyd strom says a belief is much more than a thought or an opinion it's not a thought it's not an opinion about what we hold about something or someone, a belief is a deeply suppressed, a belief is a deeply suppressed emotional impulse that expresses itself unconsciously through us in order to produce experiences in our lives. It's part of us. In other words, it is deep. It is in our DNA. It is who and what we are. So people come in here, they take an eight-week class in foundations, and they understand. That they start to understand the principles of that it's the great law of life that done unto me as I believe, they start to, uh, they, and they start to set new intentions and, and work with a prayer partner and make affirmations, and in eight weeks, their whole life hasn't changed and everything hasn't been healed, and they wonder what the hell's going on. This stuff doesn't work. But that's a, that's a reasonable expectation. And we live in a culture that, that, that expects immediate gratification. But we we fail to forget, and where compassion comes in, we've spent a lifetime with these deeply suppressed beliefs, reinforcing, reinforcing, reinforcing. And so to to turn that around takes effort. It takes great courage. It takes persistence and diligence. The third question, what do I believe? What do I believe? And and as, as Lloyd said here, Dr. Lloyd said, it's easy to ascertain because what we believe is what we are currently receiving in our lives. What do you think about love? How's love in your life? It's, see, this isn't blame, this is conversation, this is information, it's true. Where you are in your life with love is what you believe about love. It's, it's that simple. It's, see, it's so obvious, it's like, hmm, oh my gosh, well, my love life sucks, I don't believe that. No, 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 you do believe that. But you, des- you believe you deserve more. Don't confuse thinking you deserve something with what you believe, because reality is what you believe. And that's the subjective nature of our consciousness, which is that deeply suppressed belief. But it's not because you don't long for a different experience, but life shows up in our, in our experience based on what we believe. Then the fourth question, which is really interesting, where the rubber meets the road, because it's really what this, there's value in what we, t- we teach here, is that what do I want to believe? What do I want to believe? Because we're not stuck. If, I'm, if my love life sucks, I'm not stuck there, I'm not doomed to that. That's just what I am right now. But hey, there's another possibility. Hmm, I want to grow that consciousness. And number five, how do I change my beliefs? How do you change it? I, I realize where I am. I realize where I want to be. That's the gap. The healing is closing the gap. And how do I do that? Well, we do it through, we do it through conversation and insight and awareness. And we, we, get, we gather understanding of our experiences in the world. And then we go to work on our own consciousness. And we work with a partner. You've got to be in partnership with somebody. You just do to make these changes. Pardon me? Why? Because you can't do it on your own, Dennis. You can't. I'm partners with God. You are partners with God, but you've got to have somebody to practice. If you bear with me, I'll explain it to you. Okay, buddy? I can't give you all the answers right now. You've got to stay another 10 minutes. Okay? If, if you don't get your answer today, I'm going to give you your money back. Okay? All right. You know I love you. All right, so what happens? Good question, though. Why? Because I'm in partnership with God. Yeah. There's three predictable ways that we, the traps that we fall into, and these are, for me, this is true. There are three predictable ways when we are... It's God calling. Dennis, I think it's for Dennis. Oh, that's fantastic. It's just life. It's just, I can't, you know what? I can't believe somebody did that to me. I was up here talking and somebody called to interrupt me. But you know what? This is the same thing that goes on when, when people are on the freeway and someone cuts them off in traffic. That dirty, rotten bastard did this to me. You know what? You don't even know that dirty, rotten bastard. But it's so personal. And it's one of the traps. It's perfect timing. God, i got to get a phone button up here I can ring. There's three predictable ways when we don't when we live when we live in the fog of unconscious. When we live in the fog of the unconscious. And most of the planet lives in the fog of the unconscious. So the three predictable ways. One is when we, get, we when we're out in the world and, and and things happen we have our experience. The first way that we default to in the fog of the unconscious is the desire to harm. It's hatred, it's resentment, it's anger, it's frustration. It's, I want to punish. First one. That's number one. Number two is the desire to hide, to withdraw, to leave. It's the other one, this, this. And the third is the desire to have. Envy. They got that, I should have that. On and on and on and on and on. And those are three of the predictable traps. that. And these folks have spent 25 years looking at this. And I think that's fairly, in my own life, I can only speak to that, these things can be alive for me. What what moves us into a different realm, what the foundational piece of what I believe our teaching stands for, and Dr. Ernest Holmes said this, so I'll read you his quote. From From selfish reasons alone, if for no loftier reason we cannot afford to find fault, to hate or even to hold in mind anything against any living soul, and the God of love cannot the hear, hear the prayers of the one who fails to love. The God of love cannot, it can, it fails to hear the, the prayers of one who fails to love. Can't hear it. He also said that, that thoughts, words without thoughts do not to heaven go. It's another version of that. It is the consciousness upon the words. That is what becomes. That's why love is so important. When you're in the love, when you're standing in the love. See, I'm all, I, I, I went to Silamar and I came back and I. you see, what I know is, I've been called to ministry, I've been here 10 years, and I'm watching, and, and, I, and I, what we do now with, with our movement, and I love this, and that's why I got part. Of, went on the leadership council, because I watched things that were happening within our community. I said, this isn't our teaching. We don't teach this. Why is this going on? And what I realized, and what the organization realized is the Reading Church is open. There's an the opening for ministers. The two ministers are there, have resigned. And there's an opening, they're bringing in ministers. But what they're doing is they're spending the next seven months in co-creation which is deep, deep spiritual practice because when the ministers left, some of them wanted them gone. Some of them didn't want them to leave. Some of them were pissed off about the ministers before that left because there were things that happened. And, and what I know about community is there's a soul. There is a soul. This community has a soul, and it's precious. And I'm so aware of it. And your life is your soul. And you're part of the soul. And so when that hasn't been, when there hasn't been awareness and the fog of the unconscious lifted so a new idea can be present, that discord, that fog of the unconscious, the need to harm, the need to hide, the, need, the, the resentments that go on and on, it becomes the legacy of the community. And in the infinite wisdom, and it's taken Lloyd and, and Marcia 25 years to do this, they realize, so whenever we have an opening now within a church, there's co-creation that takes place. Someone comes in from the outside... And they do a series of co-creations to bridge the gap, to, to create the healing that will allow the right and perfect person to step in to, to fulfill the role. So that then the person doesn't get planted in there, and there's all this old turmoil that went on that you haven't got a clue because you weren't part of it, but it's still lingering. And so you, what, you ha, what you see, and the advantage of being in a community for a long period of time, you watch patterns repeat themselves. And they're not good or bad, right or wrong, but there's patterns. And so what's so wonderfully exciting is we have the technology and the awareness and the spiritual practices to move it forward collectively. What you're going to see happen this year? We're going to bring. In, we're going to. We're going to be doing some small group ministries in a very powerful way, not as social groups, but to continue to do spiritual practice. We're going to have real love circles because what you need, Dennis, is you need someone to practice real love with. You need. You need somebody. I know God's with you. No. Married you, no, no married women for Dennis. Okay, just single women and men over. Ninety-three. Okay, got it. Don't care what age on the men. Gotcha. But, but see, what Greg, here's what, I, and I love this piece. So what happens, we have the, how this fog of, of uh, un, the unconscious shows up. I pulled this out of Greg Bear's book. And it's uh, 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 Real Love for Wise Men and Wise Women. And Laura and I are doing this. We're taking the book on marriage. She has a wonderful book on marriage. She, he, she, he, Greg Bear has a wonderful book on marriage and what it is is a workbook and a book that you read so every morning we get up so we, so we got back from Asilomar and we read it together she reads a page, I read a page and then we add, there's a series of questions you ask and they're wonderful questions they're wonderful questions and all of a sudden I'm having insight this amazing person that I'm a partner with and, and she's saying well when, when this happens this is what happens for me and without going into the details when some of that stuff happens here's our relationship our relationship goes like that and I realize, I don't want a relationship like that. I don't want a relationship like that. I want to be, stand together. So when I fall into that pattern, I don't want to do that anymore. It's awareness. The fog lifts. I go, holy cow. And the other beautiful thing is every morning we get up and we get to spend this time together. It's like, oh. You know, Rumi and Shams. Rumi had a partner, Shams. They always th- people th- always thought they were lovers. I don't think they were lovers. They were lovers. They weren't physical. you know, I, and they could have been. I don't know. Who cares? Do you care, Dennis? I don't care either. All right. So the point, the point is, if you're good with it, I'm good with it, man. Anyway, but what they did is they would spend hours gazing at one another. They'd sit in a room and they'd just look into each other's eyes. The eyes are the, the doorway to the infinite. In, in Martian and in Lloyd's uh, description of, of the first level of, uh, of um, I'm sorry, this is Rumi. Rumi's description of there's three kingdoms. First kingdom, people can't even make eye contact you ever notice that in the world? You go out in the world and try and make eye contact with strangers. The security guy will be following you around the supermarket before you know it. <laughs> well, maybe not. Depends on where you shop. Anyway, I'll get to this. <laughs> Greg Bear, Love this man, love this man, love this man. His story, he was, he, he was very successful. He was valedictorian, got out of college in two and a half years. He smoked every class he was ever in because he was going to beat everybody. Nobody was smarter than him. He went on to become an eye surgeon. He was, he was very, very successful. And he said that he, he had everything he wanted. He had a family, a wife, he had the home, he had the cars, he had the, you know, everything. And he said he was absolutely miserable. And he found himself standing in his backyard one day with a pistol pointed at his head. He was ready to end it all. He was in so much pain. And, and it changed it for him. He got to the point where he couldn't live in the fog of the unconscious anymore. So he wrote these books. He started practicing real love. He said, what I want in my life is real love. And, and this is so alive for me, I want to tell you this. And I want to share it with you because it's so important. And we, I think most people have this all wrong. I had a, someone come to me years ago, and I, and I knew this because someone else had shared it with me, but never this detail. And they came up to me, and they were a member of the board, and they said, you know, I have to tell you that people aren't happy. And I looked right at him, and I said, it's not my job to make people happy. It's not. When I got the job description to come here and candidate for this job, I never said, make sure you keep everybody happy. <laughs> or we're going to fire you. But the perception is, if someone is unhappy, it's my fault. I want to tell you something. When I told this person, I said, as I said to him, it's not my job. It's not in my job description. I'm here to love and to teach. I'm so clear about that. I'm here to love and I'm here to teach. And I'm going to flesh that out too, okay? Because, see, without you and I being in a relationship, i got nobody to love. I can love God, but what does that mean? It's like people say, I love Jesus. What does that mean? You're beating the crap out of your kids, and you're lying to your wife, and you're drunk, and you're slovenly, but you love Jesus? Okay, I get it. <laughs> to me, you see, that's, that's, that's blasphemy. No, no, I got you, buddy. I'm just, you're just right here. You sat right here so we could have the conversation. I'm getting it. I could feel the healing. <laughs> heart to heart. Okay. We are not responsible for the happiness of other people. It's on page 98 in this book. All our lives we've been taught, and we all have been taught this, that we are responsible for the happiness of other people. When we made mistakes, they said things to us like this. Now, Dennis, see if this is true. I'm disappointed in you. Has anybody ever said that to you? I've heard that many times. I'm disappointed in you. I should be disappointed in you because you haven't been here in a while? How's that working for you? But see how that works? Because I don't feel that way at all. I celebrate you being here. See, I'm here to love. So let me explain it a little bit more. So, or we'll say, you make me so angry. You make me so angry. I think you owe me an apology. How could you do this to me? <laughs> Dennis. Or the other side of it. When we, when we did what other people wanted, however, the feedback was quite different. Your mom and dad, remember those big people you grew up with when you were real little? There's two big people, and if you did things they liked, they would say things to you like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Dennis, I'm so proud of you. You made it back here. I'm so happy when you come back. You're a good boy. the orange. No, not like the orange. You're a good boy. Why did the orange stop? I can't do that with you right now. Ah. What makes... So the point is, these latter messages, although quite positive on the surface, are still not healthy in most cases. Not always bad, but in most cases not healthy. Because we heard them only when we earned them with our behavior and they place a burden on us to make other people happy. Which is just imitation love. Here's the, here's the beautiful part of it. We are responsible for loving other people. Period. We're responsible for loving other people. And what that means is no expectation, none whatsoever, I love you. And if their response is, I hate you, as you're walking away, you say, I still love you, as Mother Teresa said, I love you. We are responsible for loving other people. That's always the right thing to do in the best and happiest way to live. It is my responsibility to learn how to love you and everyone else around me. And it is not your job to judge whether I'm fulfilling that responsibility. And if you're not happy, that's not my responsibility, it's yours. And if I'm not happy, it's my responsibility. Your happiness depends on the choices you make. Telling the truth, really big. Remind me to come back to that. Telling the truth, ex- exercising faith, using self-control, not to g- using getting and protecting behaviors, and loving other people. When we understand that we're not responsible for making other people happy, two things disappear from our lives, guilt and anger. We're not responsible for it, and yet we've been conditioned from little kids to be responsible for that, that I can actually make somebody unhappy. Uh-uh. I am responsible to love them. And when he talks about love, that's another definition. We're going to talk about this next week because there's so much, so much wonderful information. So part of that fog, part of that fog of the unconscious is that we, when we, we enter into relationships and it becomes conditional, that I've given this and I've given this and I've given this and you haven't given me back in return. Is part of that fog of the unconscious. So how do we grow that consciousness? So we're so fully orbed and so f- we show up so full that we just say, I love you. My job is to teach and to love. To teach and to love. The other great thing I love about Greg Barry is he said, if you've got people in your life that are creating great discord, you can't be around them. You've gotta go away. I worked with someone this week, it was wonderful. I said, you can't be around that person. You've got to have time. I said, I've already done that. I said, good for you. Not because you have to hate someone or you have to send, it, send them away with love. Because you, I had to listen. I grew up in a family that, uh, that was it's amazing. Whenever you hear a metaphysician say interesting or amazing, it always means it was really crappy. But it was amazing. <laughs> That's our word speak. It, it was not great. I had to leave. I had to get out. And I left when I could, when I got the resources together and said, I gotta get out of here. And I I know in my heart of hearts if I hadn't left, it would have been really ugly. But I knew there was a more interesting idea because I was around people that none of us knew how to practice real love. It was all imitation love, it was all conditional, it was all judgment and blame and shame. You did this and you did this and you did this. All right, I think I got self-loathing down now. I'll be going, moving on. One of the things I love here, I, many times, I, I, I hear everything. I, I get everything in the back. I hear it, I hear it from email, and it's wonderful. I got to tell you, bring it on. Because I'm at a point in my life where I got nothing to fear. And what I know is the soul of this community is longing to move through this. I'm watching the same patterns that were here when I left. The same people that left before I got here, some of the people are leaving now, and people are saying, people are leaving. Well, Okay. That's another one that was never in the job description. Nobody can leave. Oh, I get it. I'm supposed to keep everybody happy and nobody can leave. i got a challenge for you. Go down to the folk festival today. And your job, is a simple one. Just keep everybody happy there. And no one can leave. Now, there's two exits. It's going to be hard to run up and down the hill. But you, I think you can do it. And if you can't do it, if people leave while you're there, you've failed. But that's I mean, that's what, that's as silly as that is. So what I know about this, and so people come to me and say, you know, people, people, which I love, when people come to me and say, people, and I've been hearing this for 10 years, people have been saying this about you. And my question is always, who? Well, it was shared with me in confidence. I i to say, well, if it was shared with you in confidence, why are you sharing it with me? <laughs> I can't tell you their name. They are so mad, they're so angry, and will share it was shared with me in confidence. Well, then hold that with them. The reason that you come and you share that is because you agree with them. I get it. And I understand it is the fog of the unconscious. And all we're waiting to do is lift the fog. This is what this teaching is all about. It's about the truth and love. So I want to talk about truth, I want to talk about love. But someone will come to you and say, you know, people are saying this, and the people are saying this. I looked up people this week, because I thought, what is this People. People in the dictionary, I'm just using the dictionary, you might have your own definition, and go with that if this doesn't work for you, are human beings in general or, con- or considered collectively. So when someone comes to you and says, people are saying this about you, what I'm going to do from now on is I'm going to say, excuse me, are you telling me that three or four people got together and memorized what they wanted to say about me and they all got together with you and shared it? Is that what you mean by people? Well, no, it was one individual. Oh, so you're talking about person, so really the way to phrase that is to say person has been saying this about you. Because people suggest the whole collective is saying this about you. It's not the whole collective. It's someone that is, whose button's have been pushed. Because what happened when I came here, and I'm really aware of this. And I, listen, I'm, I'm, I love this job. And I love the learning. And I love what it's forced me to be. Is that So all this stuff happened before I got here. And then you drop me in here. And all that energy is percolating. Still there. People are upset because Reverend Sue Rubin left. Reverend Sue Rubin came. DK Patrick was here. She left. I'm on the streets. Oh, Center for Spiritual Living. I used to go there and then you know, so-and-so showed up and I had to leave. To me, it's just, it's still alive. So how do you heal that? You do it through spiritual practice. You do, it through, you do it through, you do it through, you take our teaching to the depths and say, you know what, I got the fog of the unconscious. I was raised as a little kid and I was three and four years old. I was hammered. I was hammered. When you're three and four years old and you're getting slapped around every day, you're just shaking your boots. You don't know what to do. You stand there and wet your pants and other things because you're in, you don't know, you're traumatized. And then you come to this teaching and people tell you, you're perfect, whole and complete, and you go, yeah, yeah, I like that idea better, that's more interesting, and somebody's given me permission to even use that language. But unless you pull back those layers that are there, that are the fog of the unconscious, so that when something gets triggered, it's still alive in your life. That's why our, It's one of the reasons why our movement is so small. It's so hard. Our teaching is so flippant difficult. It is, guys, and I love you, and I share this with you from I'm here to love and to teach. And I've watched my experience here. And I've watched people sh- show up and tell me, people this, people, really, they mean person. And many times, it's just them. Because I'll always say, well, tell them to come and talk to me. I have been accused of everything you can possibly think of since I've been here. Everything. Everything. And my response is always, well, have them come talk to me. You know, when I, not one person has ever gone back and said, go talk to him. Maybe they have. They don't come. Because it's shared in confidence, of course. But the point being is, we, and, and the reason I use this as an illustration, this is alive, this is real. This is the truth. This is my experience. So truth. Truth is not what I think about you. Dennis, I love you. You're a fantastic guy, and I'm glad to see you. Now, you should put down any guilt, shame you have about not being here. It's great to have you here. See, you're done. You're healed. Hallelujah and amen. <laughs> yeah. But see, that's just my opinion. That's just my opinion about you. You know. And so the truth is, when you're, you're spinning in this, why we need to work with another human being in form, which is God, because God is your partner. But the partnership is the God within them. That's what the practitioner relationship is. It's being able to say, I'm feeling worthless right now. I'm feeling discounted. I'm feeling lost. I'm not feeling loved. I'm not feeling appreciated, whatever it may be. Because what the truth will do, once you bring it to the surface, it's like the, the, the tip of the iceberg. The, the sunlight of consciousness melts it. And, the, and, the, and then a new possibility of love is available. So the fog of the unconscious, I love Maria Nemeth's uh, take on this. Maria Nemeth says, we're driving along the freeway and we're in the fog and we're making a great time. We're going like hell. We can't see very far, but we're really flying. <laughs> what we don't know is we're in the wrong lane and there's an 18-wheeler coming at us that we can't see because of the fog. So when we move ourselves out of the fog of the unconscious, which is the awakening of humanity to its spiritual magnificence, and how we do that is we offer tools, skills, and tools to transform the consciousness of the individual as well as the global, which is a huge vision. That's why we're here, to tell the truth. But my opinion of you is not the truth. My wanting to harm you is not the truth. That's my projection. My anger about you is not the truth. My wanting to hide and pull away is not my truth. My, my envying what you have is not my truth. It's the fog of the unconscious. And when we can bring light to it and just say, there I am falling into that, and I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to use spiritual practice. I'm going to use the depths of this teaching to, to, to shift my consciousness so that I understand at a deeper level my own experiences of life. And it's powerful and it's wonderful when you see it happen. guy was in the back this morning, and I said, boy, you look great because he'd been doing cancer for about two years. He said, the early service. And he says, yeah, I'm just feeling great. I got it all cleaned up. I said, something powerful and beautiful shifted in you. Whatever that was in your consciousness alive that created that condition, you had the courage and the willingness and the diligence to shift it over here. And that's why we have to be diligent. We have to practice. That's why we have classes. We don't do just classes to hang out and be pals. And that's part of it. We bond. We bond in love. Isn't that great? Isn't it simple? All we have to do is show up in love. But you can't do it with everybody because not everybody can do it. So you've got to re- be really careful who you ch- decide to do the love work with. That's another thing Greg Bear says. You can't do this with anybody. You've got you to show up. You've got to show up so full of love that when you're in that relationship, it's absolutely unconditional. And that's the work we do here because then we become ambassadors for that. And so what, 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 what the discord that, that goes on in any community, listen, this is not unique to this community. When I describe, this is, this is common. I went through so much stuff here the last two years. That's why I got on a leadership council. I said, "I got to. is this unique to us? Am I in the wrong position? I, and, and, and I went and I said, oh my gosh, we're doing this everywhere. We're doing this everywhere, gang. And if our movement is going to have impact in the world, if we're going to touch 100 million lives, if we're going to create a world that works for everyone, if we're going to impart spiritual tools to transform the individual as well as the global, those are huge visions. Huge. If we're going to do that, we can't keep playing like this. We've got we to step our game up. And not everybody can hang out with you. I don't hang out with my family of origin anymore. I love them. I love them dearly. But we don't share the same vision. They're still praying for me to go back and be an altar boy. I think my mom secretly hopes I eventually, you know, Laura kicks me out and I become a Catholic priest. She'd love that. But she's never going to get rid of me. I'll just wait her out if she kicks me out. I'll sleep in the garage for a while. I'll be around. Anyway. No, no. I, you know what? I, 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 I am so grateful to have the relationship I have with that amazing woman. And, and, Yeah. Hallelujah. What I'm just telling you guys, this is the truth. So when the truth, the truth is really about where we are in the moment. And of course, if you don't understand metaphysics, and I come up here and I say, I just, I'm, I'm feeling incomplete. I'm feeling, I, I have self-loathing going today. I feel like this and, this and this and this and this. I'm not affirming who I am. I'm telling you the truth of my, my experience in this moment i got the word police going on. It drives me crazy. We sing a word in a song and I'll get an email, a three-page email, and there was a word in a song I don't like and I'm never coming back again and you're SOB and everything else. Okay, I get it. Look, if you're looking for a reason to leave, you can leave and you don't have to write me a three-page email. We'll love you. But I'm just saying it's, it's, it's not understanding the depth of the teaching. We have to be truthful with ourselves. And we have to sit with somebody in the unconditional love that can look at us and say, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you, and I love you anyway. My job is to love unconditionally and to love you without ex- expectation in return. And if you show up and you're needy and you're manipulative and you're doing it for other, any other reason than you're just offering it, it's not healthy and it's not good. And that's what we need to grow is that sacred heart. And then, we stand in the love, we get a community that stands in the love and they're on board and they understand, man, we will, we will, we're, we're making a difference now. We will transform the world. And I know that. I just know it in my heart of hearts. I got on this leadership council, and I got some of the insights, and I got some of the inspiration, and I've looked at everything that has come into my experience to help shape the awareness. And the clerks are like, oh my God, what a blessing. What a blessing. I love it. I love it. But you've got to stay the course, and you've got to keep, got to keep doing your own processes. And it takes diligence, and it takes practice takes practice. Come here. Come on up here. We'll practice. I'm going to show you how to practice. Come here. Come on up. You. You. Come here. Come here. Come here. I'll practice with you. I'll show you what Greg Beer does. He always says a guy should work with a guy and a woman should work with a woman. See? So no single women for you either. Okay. Come here. Come here. Come here look what? at me. Come here. Look at me. Come here. Come here. Come here. Okay. I got no agenda around this with you. I love you. No agenda. Fine, that's good. Yeah. All right. Do you know the crows are procreating now? How do you get procreate? Shh, 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 shh. Just stay with me. Stay with me. See how we talk away intimacy? See, I have no agenda. I love this man. I love this man. This is a beautiful man, right here. Beautiful, beautiful man. And I love you. And so you would honor this moment by being quiet with me for a moment. I mm-hmm. love you. Mm. Take another one. Take another one. Just relax. I was in a hospital for 11 days. I know. I know. Welcome back. I mm. love you. Carried me, I would have uh, dropped dead on the street. But no, I'm it. <laughs> here. Yes, you are. Okay, buddy. I love you. See, thank you, Patrick. See, Patrick. and and and. Thank you, Dennis. I don't know. I don't know if you heard Dennis um, say it, but he he uh, was in the hospital eleven days ago. He had a heart attack and he almost died. And I didn't know that. I didn't bring you up here because I knew that. Wasn't a heart attack. His gallbladder exploded. Okay, good. But he was in the hospital and he was in tough shape. But it's that simple to just stand in love with one another. But see, we've got to be able to stand without, without agenda and to be vulnerable and open and present with one another. And the way we get to that with ourselves is to be honest with ourselves and tell the truth. It's so simple, but it's hard. It's hard because it's so easy to fall into the hatred and the resentment and the anger and those unresolved issues that we carry forward. And the other piece of it that is very interesting is that when, when we repeat the pattern, it becomes more entrenched. It becomes more entrenched. So if your pattern is to leave, it becomes more entrenched. If your pattern is to hate, it becomes more entrenched. If your pattern is to, to, to lust after, it becomes more entrenched. And so that's why it's important. That's why we need one another. We need community. We need our classes. What is your relationship with love? What is your relationship with love right now? Until we're two years old, we live out of our mother's emotions. We live out of our mother's emotions. All of us do. You see, what I know is that when we find that love, when we live, as Dr. Holmes said, From selfish reasons alone, if for no loftier reason, we cannot afford to find fault, to hate, or even to hold in mind anything against any living soul. The God of love cannot hear the prayer of the one who fails to love. We all need to step into that. For myself, I need to step into that and live from that love. And to understand, there are some people that are never... In my life, my family's never gonna be religious scientists. They're never gonna be metaphysical. I can't hang out with them. There's a ton of people in my history that would never step in the doors of this. I can't hang out with them, but I can love them. Nothing is like the experience of joy and freedom. Nothing, nothing. And there comes a time in all of our lives when we can only do what has the juice. Marsha and Lloyd say that earthly karma is not always fair. Earthly karma is not always fair. Life's not fair. But divine karma always balances it out. And to move into that vibration of consciousness in a new way. I don't have the answers. But I know something within me does. But in order for me to get to what does, I've got to lift that fog so I can listen and I can stand in it. And I've got to have the courage, and there's consequences. He talks about children. He talks about parenting children with this real love. There's consequences. If you've raised children, I've raised children. Unconditional love, real love, does not mean they do whatever they want, that they come home whenever they want, that they take the car and leave you standing on the corner whenever they want, all of those things. There's consequences. And if you don't line up with the consequences, you have the real love conversation. Doesn't mean everything goes. Far from it. The path gets narrower. But it's it's such a wonderful opportunity. It's an opportunity for our movement collectively. How do we step into this and use our powerful, powerful teaching in a way that is that, that fulfills the mandate of our vision? A world that works for everyone. You talk about fear and hatred and resentment. Look at the Middle East, look at Israel. That's going on for decades and centuries. That's their history. And they all, at the end of it, they all want the same thing. They all want the same thing. Some guy, some guy went into a Sikh temple, some guy that had this uh, conservative military whatever thing going on, went in the Sikh temple a few weeks ago and killed some Sikhs. It's ignorance, it's the fog of un- the unconscious. He went in and murdered innocent people. If you've ever read anything about the Sikhs, I went online and looked at it yesterday. They teach exactly what we teach. The oneness of life. That God is, is imminent within and through and as everyone. They have the same teaching. It's amazing. That some guy, because they had turbans on, they're the enemy. It's the, the fog of the unconscious and the fog of the stupidity. And if we're going to make a world that works for everyone, we've got to show up so full of love and so full of the awareness and the ability to guide our consciousness and to be, a, be an asset wherever we show up. It, it, it's transformative. That's what we're asked to do. But we've got to be willing to tell the truth. Be honest with ourselves so that we can continue to step into that light of unconditioned love. To, live, to lift that veil of resentment and harm and frustration. To not hide and not to move away and say, so oh, I quit again. You know, one of the things I find interesting, and in I got this in Fillmore. At one of my greatest, one of my first practitioners used to say to me, her first minister used to say, don't make me the reason why you stop doing your spiritual practice. Don't make the minister the reason why you quit on yourself. And I thought, wow. She said she'd say that every week to us. Because if you're looking for an excuse to quit, you can just quit. You don't need an excuse. That person hurt my feelings, so I quit. Okay, you can hide, but it still doesn't lift the fog of the unconscious. This is our opportunity this day. What is your relationship with love? And and how would you like to be? What is your belief about love is what your your life looks like right now. And what would you like it to be? And that's the more interesting thing. That's where I'm going. This train's going to heaven and I invite you to get on board with me. And so it is. This train is bound for glory, this train. Thank you.